Hang on a second here. Rob, you, you want to give the uh, standard disclaimers? <laughs> not yet, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Slow down. Wait, wait, wait. Well, you don't have to record the disclaimers. That's right. Yes, no, I do. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't. I got to hold Rob accountable. They're not legal disclaimers. <laughs> Who <Yeah>. says? <laughs> Our lawyer. <laughs> we have a lawyer. Yeah, that's when, me for right now. You got a terrible lawyer. Do you have do you have a do you have a JD? Do you have a legal background? Yeah, uh, this this Steve and uh, no, I uh, I don't have a legal background. Not okay. in the slightest. I have some legal experience printing on legal sized document paper, <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything about assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey! <laughs> a little rough. Yeah, some water. A little rusty. Hey, and welcome to AT Banter, Banter, Banter. <laughs> okay, here we go. We'll try that again. What are you wearing? <laughs> hey. None of your business. All right. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, Banter. <laughs> My name is... Ned. No, my name is <laughs> Rob Minot. Uh, joining me today in the Anti-Gloom Zoom Room, Mr. Ryan Flurry. I don't know why I'm here. I'm supposed to be on vacation. And Mr. Steve Barkley. Those are some fine biscuits. It's <laughs> <laughs> going off to a swell Sorry, spot. Having, having a little bit of a sling blade throwback there. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, hey, Ryan, you're on vacation. I am absolutely. Well, look at you, Mister Dedicated. Going to do a show while you're on vacation. Well, yeah. I what else am I going to do on vacation? Can't go anywhere. Didn't know that they had <laughs> Wi-Fi out there on the beach, drinking your pina colada. Well, I have told somebody I was in Hawaii, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could have had the audience going. We could have could have played some steel drums in the background, and well, that's true. Okay, well, let's rewind the sideboard. A little bit of hula dancing. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, well, you know, speaking of that, we got some blue skies. I feel like to, I feel finally feel like it's spring today. Yeah, there's been a couple of nice days in the uh, in the weather here this last week. Yay, sunshine. Yay, I don't know. This warmth. winter, this winter seemed to take forever to get through. I don't know if how you guys felt about that, but I just felt like, and then I think it's just. We had screwy weather this this winter, um, and we had some cold snaps fairly late in the winter. That's unusual for us. So, it just I think it just made it feel like the winter just dragged on and on. Yep, it did. No well, question. We keep, we keep hearing that you know out here the cherry blossoms are out now. Plants are starting to come up. You know, we have greenery on our on our raspberry bushes again so yeah the signs are here i you know i read something about cherry blossoms specifically how i think because of global warming they're all blossoming a lot sooner in the year no. yeah there was actually uh I, I saw a news article about that there was some japanese uh place where they they monitor and they've been monitoring the cherry blossoms for like 200 years or something and this is the earliest that they've been out in in that time well so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, well, it just means that the climate's changing. That's all it means. Which is probably well, a bad it, thing. Though, too, I, I wonder, though, we've <laughs> had less of an impact on Mother Earth in the last year than we would have had if this pandemic hadn't hit. We have less air travel. We have less yeah. people in the roads. We have less people in the parks. Animals are coming out. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Yeah, maybe. Who less knows? cars on the road. I see there's a new documentary on Netflix, though, called Seaspiracy. Oh. oh, yeah, I watched it. 
Oh, did you? Uh, oh, it'll infuriate you. It'll absolutely <laughs> infuriate you. Yeah, we're, we're screwed, right? Because we've we've pretty much wrecked the ocean. Is that is that pretty much the, the long and the short of it? The the worst takeaway for me uh, of of the entire documentary was seeing the charities that you think are doing something about it and finding out that not only are they not doing something about it, but they hardly even know what the issues are. Oh, no. they've, they've just become self-sustaining charities that are, that are basically just bringing money in to keep the charity going and they aren't really affecting change in any way. Like what, one of the ones I used to support was a, it was an outfit called Earth Island Institute. They were, they were the, um, the group that put it together that uh, documentary on the uh, dolphins in Taji being slaughtered. Oh, the cove. The Cove, that's right. 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 Okay, um, and the guy who who uh, you know he used to be a, a, a dolphin trainer, um, and he was part of that organization. He he has quit, uh, and he's no longer lending his name to the the organization anymore because they're they're not doing anything. Hmm. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. What's, what I find really sad is that you know once we get all our ships and boats and stuff back in the water, we're going to be killing marine life left right and center again because they've all started coming back you know they're just we're killing everything <laughs> welcome yeah. to the show everybody can you can you tell this isn't the good news episode that's, that's right we are a bad race <laughs> that's right this humans is, bad yeah uh, coyotes good <laughs> hey speaking of the good news show did we get our email flooded with uh, responses about uh, pepe Le Pew? We absolutely did. Absolutely. Uh, we've, we haven't got that much email, I think, for any other show we've ever done. Are you, are you serious? No, there was no email. Okay. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought I touched upon like some sort of a... a we don't get email. Hit, what show are you talking I about? I thought I hit a nerve with our audience with the whole Pepe Le Pew not a one from no all right no well, not a I'm one just, sorry I'm, Pepe. I'm becoming more and more convinced that our only <laughs> listeners are the ones who show up for the tuesday gloom room and the thursday pub nights or, or we, the guests we get on the show <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh hey ryan yeah hey what are we doing today today we are speaking with tanner gears who is a blind individual hoping or working towards bringing blind soccer to the 2028 Paralympics. Yeah, this is really cool. He's a really cool yep. guy. Well, before we go too far down any rabbit holes or skunk holes, uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and bring Tanner on. All right. So, Tanner, thank you so much for taking some time to join us this evening. I am Ryan, and joining us in the room is Steve Barclay. Hello there. And Rob Minot. Hello and greetings. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super, I'm really excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you here because we saw, actually you were a, a guest that Rob had actually sent me information on to get booked onto the show. So it's, it's interesting watching a couple of videos on you and your story is I think a little similar to mine on how you lost your sight. And the main reason we wanted to get you on was what you're planning to do for the 2028 Paralympics, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's let. Oh, well, you know what? That's a good segue, Ryan. Let's start. Let's start there. Let's, uh, Tanner. So, can you? What can you tell us about about how you lost your sight? Uh, today, I'm 38 years old. When I was 21, though, uh, 21 years old, I was in a terrible auto accident, and a tree came through the windshield and impaled me in the face. Um, I was in the middle of uh, enlisting into the military. I'd already taken my ASVAB and knew that I was going to be an air traffic controller and just have a, you know, super um, motivated and influenced by 9-11. And then I had that, um, I had already moved back in with my parents because uh, my lease was over at my apartment. Like it was just ready to go. And then, um, <clears throat> then I had that accident um, and I woke up in the hospital totally blind. Since then, just, you know, figuring things out, trying to, live life independently and put the life back together and you know leave a positive uh positive mark yeah it's interesting you know i i too this is ryan was in a car accident severed my optic nerves shattered my face woke up three days later totally blind and so you know hearing your story just kind of almost gave me 
not a flashback, but took me back to that time. I was, I think, 23, 24 at the time. It, it had to have been tough because I know for myself, there was a lot of anger and a lot of depression. And so what you've been able to accomplish is, and I'm not going to use the word inspiring because I hate that word, but is, is motivating and encouraging to people to, to, to show that life doesn't end because you have this disability or this difference. Yeah. I mean, I always try to look at the upside, like what's the positive thing. And when I think about you and your story, I mean, you're, uh, you know, Rob tells me that you're remarkably uh, more handsome now. <laughs> That's what I've been told. Yes. <laughs> you weren't supposed to share that. Thanks, Rob. You're a sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sucker for that mustache. That's right. <laughs> but I, Tanner, I saw I saw a um, YouTube video that the guy sent me uh, where you were being interviewed, and uh, you you talked about uh, your your father at your uh, bedside giving you a uh, attitude adjustment. And yeah. uh, I, as a father myself, I, I when you when you said that, I just went, "Oh, good dad, good." Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's so funny because, like, I had this uh, really, um, we'll call it rocky relationship with my dad. And, you know, it was really uh, one, there was a lot of absence there. And, you know, I desperately, I desperately, um, you know, wish there was something more and, 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 like, seek approval. And, you know, I had certainly some daddy issues. And it was just, you know, so... You know, the universe aligns itself in, in moments that, you know, cannot really be described and, you know, you know why or, or how this happened. But, you know, for those words to come out of his mouth at the time in which they came, just the complexity onion um, of, of what I just described before, you know, saying, you know, describing what he said to me, it just meant so much. It moved me so much. It was just the perfect thing that I needed to put. Uh, me into motion and uh, I'm, I'm forever grateful for it can you talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like in terms of of how strong of a support system did you have and and what were those you know first first few steps for you like yeah great question so and just to set the context a little bit so you know my my losing my sight was just um you know, that was, that wasn't even really in, in focus. It was at the, at the time it was just survival. So I, I had, uh, I had a brain infection, uh, that was killing me. I had multiple brain surgeries, um, after, you know, like <clears throat> I was alive, I guess. Um, I was, in, I, I, my accident was in March and I got out Memorial day weekend. And, um, so I was, I was in the hospital for a little bit and, you know, it was still just survival. My last brain surgery um, that actually happened was in October or November of that year. And then um, I had another one on the, on the books for the, the next year around my birthday in February. But uh, my support system was, it was like my mom, like just side by side. I needed so much medical attention and care. I was on at-home IVs like four times a day, just shoe boxes and medications doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment from you know the you know the neuro ophthalmologist to the facial reconstruction surgery team to the uh you know the occupational therapy to you know the psychiatry to uh, you know to the actual um neurosurgeon you know all these you know just so many different appointments and um you know it was my mom that really pushed me she's uh we're from the south i was born in southern louisiana and she uh, self-identifies as a mean ass snapping bitch <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we need to get her on the show <laughs> uh, and, yeah so she's just like you know a cajun woman she's 411 just all power and you know she i mean i'm i can barely move like i'm i'm still recovering like going through brain surgeries and all that garbage. And she's got me like trying to get fitted on a tandem bicycle and, wow. you know, just push, push, you know, so she's definitely just magic uh, on demand. Um, yeah. My mom. 
Okay. Uh, good mom. But so, so it sounds like really in terms of like dealing with the site issue was kind of like sort of at the bottom of the list because of all these other things that you sort of had to get through first. Yeah. Cause I didn't even, I, I literally did not know that I was going to live until, uh, January of the, so I, my accident was, uh, March 28th, 2004 out of the hospital, um, Memorial day weekend, Oh four, um, you know, and then I, I didn't know that the brain infection was gone until like late January or early February of 05. So it wasn't even until then that I really started to address the, the blindness. I mean, I was struggling with it along the way, you know, it's like learning right. how to piss, like learning how to brush your teeth without getting toothpaste everywhere, like right. <laughs> all the little things, you know, so but I didn't get a formal training, I guess, until 2005. So, so once you were th through all that stuff, though, did you find that that gave you a little bit of perspective when it did come down to, okay, like I'm alive and I'm, I'm, I can figure the rest of my life out now and I just have to build it in, in a different way than it, than it was before. Did you find that that was maybe an easier process because you had to go through all that other stuff first? I mean, I think the people that know me best know that I just am willing, you know, I might be impatient uh, or, or short tempered with, you know, the close relationships that I have in my life only because I demand so much of them, but I'm incredibly patient and just willing to withstand so much weight, you know, across the shoulders, just relentless blizzard like oppression. And people say like, well, what prepared you for that? But, and it's like, yes, the, I think that definitely the medical struggle, um, played a part, but also too, just like growing up. So, um, these are all the places that I lived before, um, I started high school. So I was born in Lafayette, Louisiana. I lived in Orlando, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, Mobile, Alabama, Houston, Texas, Anaheim, California, um, several different places in and around Lafayette, you know, like, uh, 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 Karen Crow and, you know, with, uh, other family members around that area. Then we moved to Tucson, Arizona and I was still in eighth grade. And, you know, so we moved around a lot and always being the new kid, um, really kind of, you know, that constant adaptation, uh, to change, I think is really what helped, uh, prepare me to deal with this blindness. So Give us a little bit of a, I don't know, sorry. So then sort of once you, once you did sort of land on your feet and, and had to figure out, okay, well, what's next? What was next? What, what happened? I was, you know, so again, uh, amen, praise so much love for you, mom. Um, I hope that, you know, maybe one day you hear this, but motivating to me, just pushing me, helping me believe in myself you know, combined with, you know, what my, my dad told me, but I had already enrolled in, uh, I enrolled in school that fall semester of 04. So I had, I had two brain surgeries the fall semester of 04. I, I just knew, I just knew that if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to be something, if I'm going to make something of my life, then uh, it's going to be up to me. And I don't even know what hurdles are in front of me. I know there's a ton, like, in the back of my head, a new technology was, was, was behind me, you know, advancements there. I knew that I was going to get, but I didn't know jaws. I didn't know, I didn't know how I was going to read a book. I didn't know anything. And, um, so I went after it, but, um, I started working, uh, excuse me, I started going to school and then I started, uh, working. So in 06, I got my job, rolled the dice. So lucky, so blessed. The first job I applied to, I got a job. So I was working full-time, going to school full-time. Um, Wild Boy bought a house in um, peak time of the market in 06. And um, yeah, and, and so I come from a, a line of entrepreneurs. So my dad, my dad's dad, uh, my dad's dad's dad. And um, so I was just... Um, you know, you know, in my head, just, you know, trying to figure out, you know, this, I was in this new world of blindness. And so there was so many different problems uh, to be solved and, and things to be done. Uh, everybody, I think everybody handles it differently. 
And then mm-hmm. how do we manage the change and find our, our feet again? When you realize that, you know, you, you're, you finally are going to do something with your life. For me, it was, it was going into the military and, and, you know, putting the flag on your chest and, and giving, you know, some service and then them being taken away and then trying to re emerge, um, as something new, something better, um, something that you can be proud of. For me, that was just, that was a really complicated struggle that, um, even today, um, I still feel like is, uh, is changing. Well, and for me, losing my sight actually gave me a direction to go in my life because at that point I'd been wandering around. I was estranged from my mom and dad. My support Mm -hmm. was my aunt and uncle. And so, you know, I didn't know what I was doing with my life. And then when I lost my sight, it's like you, okay, I'm going to have to learn technology, learn JAWS, learn, you know, how to maybe use a computer because a call center looked like it was going to be the job I was going to be doing. Right. But it's interesting how, you know, you get thrown a curveball and it, it kind of sheds a light on things you never thought would be become a part of your life. Well, this just got really philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if, if, if the, you know, I'm trying to um, think about swinging it back to 2028. You know, the thing that really got me to uh, change my perspective about my life uh, was, you know, beat baseball and just learning about sports for the blind. Um, you know, I've always been a good worker and physical expression um, has been something that I found release and passion in. Um, and, and so that, you know, I felt like that was taken away from me and then having the, the, you know, a chance to, to reemerge as, you know, am I, I can still be an athlete. Like I can still physically express myself and, and, and then what's possible within this realm and, and how far can I push it? Um, that just, that was the, the fuel on, on my, pilot light of motivation yeah and sports were a big part of your family's life you know i recall i think you guys were, were out skiing and you know just outdoor activities galore so i'm sure that was you know therapeutic for you and also giving you strength to think about looking into sports for the blind and, and what might be available it, it also gave you a way to uh, put on a uniform with the flag on your chest there you and go represent your country too <laughs> in in uh in 2011 it was Guadalajara, Mexico. They just built this stadium. It was so nice. And these people were just amazing. And I had ju- I had my first track meet was earlier that year. I, I ended up making the national team. And then I somehow got a, a, a slot here for the Parapan America team. So South and North America competing in track and field and swimming and all these other events. And so anyway, I ended up doing well in the long jump and you know, I, I had this like huge, heavy gold medal put around my neck and they played the national anthem and everybody's quiet, you know, for the United States of America. And I mean, that moment just shook me to my core and, and it was nothing short of amazing. So I'm curious though, like, so at one point, at what point after you, you lose your vision, do you consider sports as a sort of an outlet? Never considered sports. Um, it was coincidence. Like, again, it's like the universe just lines up things so appropriately, you know, so I'm working full time. I'm going to school full time. Right. And so I go to school during the day. I work at night and um, I get off at uh, 1030. And, you know, so the thing that I like to do at the end of the day is watch the tonight show. So if paratransit picks me up like right at 1030 and we scoot across town or not across town, but down the way to get to my house, like as soon as I get there, um, the tonight show starting. And so this is Monday night and, uh, you know, we pull up to the house, I get in, I've got my guide dog, AJ with me and you know, I turn on the TV and there's a commercial and I'm like, Oh, shit. you know, and, you know, the commercial me, you know, cause it, it goes from the news right into the tonight show. There's no commercial break. It's right. just like sports tonight show. Right. And so the commercial meant that I missed it. The, the monologue and, um, comedy is, is uh, up comedy and comedy has just been a, a huge positive influence on my life. 
So that's what I like to do. And so I'm just like, I'm sulking a little bit. So, you know, just looking for the positive. And then, you know, the news jingle comes on and I'm like, oh my God, the news is on. Well, it's, if anybody listens to the news, the local news, it's, it's at the end of the show is sports. They do national sports, they break for commercial, then they do local sports. And so they're recapping all the local sports for the weekend. Well, this weekend just so happened that they ran a story about beat baseball. Oh. And so it was like the universe just created this one moment where I'd catch the news the one time that they happened to show a blind sport in baseball nonetheless. And so that moment, um, that was four years after I lost my sight. And not, not one person had ever mentioned blind sports to me ever. Wow. So that was, it was incredible. Wow. That's really interesting. Um, because, you know, I think we always feel like we have, we have an organization up here called BC blind sports and, and they, um, you know, I do it. I know they, they certainly are, are fairly well known, but I just, it makes me wonder how many people are, are in that boat where they, they do lose their sight and they just, they never find out about a lot of these organizations or a lot of these opportunities that, that are are out there yeah i mean seriously that's that's why i'm so passionate about you know you know talking about sports right so you know having the soccer you know having you know having all those sports things mentioned in my bio whenever i'm being you know introduced or doing webinars or whatever that's really important to me and that's strategically put there just to create awareness right right you know, I could put something else about my professional career, but I choose to do that because that, to me, can really make a difference. Yeah, and I mean, there are a lot of of blind sports, both adapted or just they're just plain up have been created for um, blind or partially sighted participant. I just said well, there's everything: track and track and field, snowboarding, downhill skiing, cross country skiing, tandem cycling. You yeah. name it. Yeah, race car driving. <laughs> yeah. well, tell us tell us about that experience <laughs> oh man but you know you laugh but even like you know stuff like stuff that you would never think that could be adapted uh is adapted i mean certainly they have they have alpine you know downhill alpine skiing for for blind and, and partially sighted people so i mean you know there there's there's tons out there it's just it and usually it's just a matter of um, you know, adaptations here and there that, that make it a, a viable sport. Um, so let's segue in from that, though, into, into the soccer uh, conversation, because I'm fascinated about that. To tell us what, what you're planning and, and how all of that came about. Well, um, I got to say right up, from the, uh, right up top is that I take absolutely no credit for this. I just happened to be again at the right place at the right time with the right path. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, Mark Lucas, uh, who's been, you know, like a three decade, you know, uh, steward of United States association of blind athletes just retired late last year as their executive director. And, uh, prior to doing so, um, I, you know, I have a longstanding relationship with Usaba uh, going back since, you know, I believe 2011 and, uh, I'm a lifetime member of theirs and they supported me, you know, doing, uh, track cycling. Um, they've, uh, supported me in terms of, uh, facilitating goal ball tournaments. And, um, they also wanted to figure out some, uh, relational, uh, opportunities with the national beat baseball association, which I serve on the board of. Right. And um, so Mark came to well, while serving on the board at the in National League Baseball Association (NBBA). Uh, he was telling us about um, you know his roadmap for 2028, started in 2018, and 10-year strategic plan to bring a team of soccer players uh, to the Paralympics. And he explained how you know this is the only sport that the United States has not competed in, in the Paralympics or the Olympics is five side soccer or blind soccer. Hmm. And I love soccer. I played indoor soccer, outdoor soccer, um, both me and my brother 
And, um, you know, so that really attracted me. And I just started doing more and more and more working with uh, uh, Mark and then Kevin Broussard and Kat, um, you know, with Yusaba. And they, you know, um, started telling me more. And um, we just started, it just became a, a great collaboration. And so, you know, one of the, one of the things that they really needed help with is athlete development. They're trying to create a, um, a talent pipeline. And so part of that, you know, gets back to the awareness, right? So one of the things that I'm, I'm really good at is create awesome relationships, get people excited and, 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 and lead them into the a direction um, that is collectively positive. So, you know, they're, they're struggling to get these athletes like together, they're all separated. It's one athlete here, one athlete there, one athlete here, one athlete there. They tell me about this and I'm here in Phoenix. And then, you know, before you know it, like we've got four athletes together, you know, uh, four totally blind athletes uh, ready to play uh, soccer in Phoenix and it's five aside soccer. So that's four in the field, one goalie, you know, so that kind of caught their attention. Right. And so, and now, you know, they're, they're saying, you know, are you, do you want to play? Do you want to coach? Do you want to, you know, how do you want, you know, what, what can we do? How, you know, how do you want to be involved? And it's like, man, I just feel so pumped to be a part of it. Like if, if I were to play, you know, and that was the right thing for the team. Great. I, I am, I am not like, you know, charting a plan, architecting a plan for me at, you know, 92 years old to run into the 2028, games and like think i'm gonna play right <laughs> but but just to be a part of establishing something and getting it off the ground and yeah. getting it to come to fruition as legendary as the first blind soccer team in the united states to me man that fires me up yeah that is pretty cool so can you can you step us through how this sport is adapted yeah. So great question. So it's, you think of it more like indoor soccer. If you know about indoor soccer, then that's going to help, uh, you know, put some context around this. But so, you know, we're going to think smaller, less players, right? So not that big soccer field. We've got less players, smaller field. It's 20 meters wide, 40 meters long. So we've got two 20 meter squares making up each half of the field. Um, along the sides of the field are walls. Okay. Yeah. Every player in the field, except for the goalies is a B one athlete. They're totally blind or close to totally blind. They have no functional use of their vision. Okay. Yeah. And then on either side of the field, one coach, there's a coach um, that's kind of guiding and coaching and calling from the sideline. There's one uh, coach that's, um, on the goal that you're trying to score. So like the goalie, I'm trying to score against the goalie. Well, I've got a spotter behind that goal, helping me orient myself to the goal huh. and, uh, and vice versa for the other team. Um, so that's the kind of like landscape, if you will, 20 by 40, multiple spotters and coaches guiding the uh, eight totally blind athletes, four on each team around that field as they try to uh, pass the ball, dribble the ball, shoot the ball, and score the ball. Now, is the is is there anything special about the ball? Is the ball adapted at all, or is it just a, a standard regulation soccer ball? Oh, great question. That that would probably been appropriate for me to describe that ball, right? Um, yeah. So the ball is, you know, I was surprised when um, I got mine in the mail. It's smaller. It's not like, and maybe I've just grown since I've played soccer, but to me, it seems like a little bit smaller of a ball and it's got ball bearings right. in five different pockets on the outside of it. So as long as it's moving, you can hear it pretty clearly. Right, right. Yeah, that's much like um, uh, blind hockey. Uh, it's, it's been adapted in, in a similar way. The, the, the quote puck is, it, it, Steve or Ryan, do you guys recall how big that the puck is? It's it's bigger than a standard puck. I don't know how big. Ryan played it once. Yeah, I think it's it's two or three times the size of a, of a standard puck. But it's the same thing. It it's got some sort of um, it's not ball bearings, but it there there's some sort of metal things in there that make it rattle and and uh, it very much the same way. Wow. Yeah. So it's super exciting. So uh, one update. I will drip here. I I probably shouldn't. 
but I will say, you know, so COVID locked us down right. um, last year. You know, we've got some, uh, USABA had secured some funding and, uh, you know, to really kind of develop this team, this plan is that we were bringing in coaches uh, from all over the world and, um, and athletes from all over the country to come in where, you know, our U.S. coaches are getting coached up with some of the best strategies and techniques uh, from a coaching perspective. And then the athletes are receiving that download, that data, that, that feedback in real time and uh, just really trying to advance the, the foundational um, you know, starting point for um, this program, really kind of kick things off. So that happened and then COVID happened. So that all got canceled. But this year in um, uh, 2021, we have a tentative event planned in early August at the um, Colorado Springs Olympic Training Center. Right. And um, yeah, so things are back in full swing. What's the the process been like to to actually start this up and to to build this team? Has it been like w when did this all start? So the the initial conceptualization was in 2018. That's when everything, uh, you know, uh, Mark and Kevin uh, and and Cat were really putting this together over at Usaba. Um, and then when they outlined this plan, they secured some funding. And now we're going through that process of, you know, actually becoming that um, governing body. I'm going to mess up the acronyms. It's not an NGB, it's not the national governing body, but it's, it's like, a, and like an equivalent or even higher than certification or qualification process so that USABA um, will now be um, basically the equivalent to the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee um, as, as it is related to goalball and uh, five-side soccer specifically. Right. So even though like, you know, judo is a blind sport, yep. that's still under the USOPC, whereas goalball and five-side soccer. So even so for contextual background too for goalball, if for those that don't know, is that um, USABA now has their own training center in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, where, you know, that's where the high performance um, stuff is going down for goalball. And so the, the, the plan will be the same thing for um, soccer, five-a-side soccer is that will have uh, the United States Association of Blind Athletes will have a national training center. They're looking at different locations across the United States. Uh, one has not been decided um, as of yet, but yeah, it'll be just like that where um, we're with Team USA, but from a paperwork perspective, a funding perspective, organizational logistics, planning uh, perspective, USAB is going to own goalball and five-a-side soccer. So does it ever really blow your mind when you think about the fact that, you know, here you are involved in world-class athletics to, and you hadn't even really considered sports uh, before you lost your sight. Like, do, do you ever like just, just sort of go, I can't believe that this is where I'm at. Oh man, I, you know, thank you so much for bringing my attention and gratitude to that, that feeling right there. That is just so beautiful. I mean, seriously, bro, seriously, like you couldn't have said it better literally from nothing from losing everything with regards to sport, to being able to influence the creation and manifestation yeah. of the first blind five aside soccer team the United States has ever seen to me. Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or even, you know, competing, even competing in a, para, in a Paralympic sport. I mean, that's you're, you're, that's a world-class athletics and, and you've won, you know, on, on top of that. So <laughs> I'm so blessed. Thank you so much. So you just got to come on the show and we'll, we'll remind you how awesome you are. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I, I really try to be just humble. I'm not a, I'm not a super big bragger or anything, but man, I am so appreciative of you saying that. I think we forget like on the day to day, just individuals, yeah. people, we forget all these little things that we do. I don't think we celebrate ourselves enough. Um, 
you know, we do like, I think about the single moms, the single dads, like the people, you know, you know, Ryan, you know, estranged from your parents dealing with the heart, you know, whatever your, your issue is like, I don't think that we celebrate ourselves on the day to day enough to just, you know, what we're accomplishing here. uh, Thank you for helping me take time to reflect on that. Yeah, because if we're not supposed to be celebrating ourselves, I'm doing something wrong, man. <laughs> I'm a party nonstop. I, I don't have I don't have time for humility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So true. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, you you said that you were very into comedy, and I'm I'm curious. I'm also very into comedy, and I'm curious if if there's any particular comedians that are standouts for you right now yeah you should check this dude out super fresh face is crushing the circuit right now can't believe it i don't know if y'all heard of him tanner gears <laughs> oh you, you're doing comedy now uh, uh i i just said i don't like like to brag on myself i'm i'm excited about this yes i'm doing i actually have a show tomorrow night in downtown phoenix at 8 p.m at stand up live the 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 place in phoenix for stand up that's awesome really? well if you yeah. weren't in canada i'd say road trip <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> and then get back across the border afterwards go damn it now we gotta be inside for two weeks that's right yeah <laughs> oh, geez, that's a whole... totally worth it tanner's killing it <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, like nothing. Well, that's that's really interesting. That's a whole other side. I we that wasn't even the sh- in the notes here. So uh, this is a whole fresh new new path. But talk to us about that. Like, what prompted you to do that, and and what's that been like? Yeah, I mean, anybody who's seen me like, you know, do my talks, I you know, I often talk about that Jay Leno monologue, and you know, so comedy has been a part of my life for a really long time. Um, and I started writing, I started writing jokes a while ago and, um, you know, uh, last year, um, uh, my wife and I separated. And so at the end of the year, um, I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to stop writing jokes, start like telling jokes. So talk to me a little bit about the, about the writing process that then, um, cause I'm kind of curious. So, so how, how much does do you incorporate the the blindness into the act is that sort of always at the top of your mind where it's just like well i want to write jokes that are just funny i don't necessarily want to have to tie my blindness into the act but at the same time it's something that you kind of can use or you might want to address like what's what's that kind of been like for you yeah so super awesome question so here's here's i don't think my uh position or stance is the right one it's just the one that feels right to me um so i want to just tell jokes that are funny right now i want to establish myself as being funny when when i'm when i didn't know i mean it makes sense like i'm just new to the comedy game but when you're starting out you're doing all these short sets right so i'm doing like five minutes seven minutes ten minutes tops right and and that's being really generous. It's it's probably closer to five. And, um, you know, it's really tough to, you know, tell. If you look at the like the great comedians that influence me and the, sto- and the stories that I want to tell, stories like legendary storytellers like Louis C.K. or Dave Chappelle, like they're telling these overarching stories that cascade across a period of time but then they're intertwining smaller stories in between them and these little side jokes that keep the last coming while they tell the larger funny story and you have to you have to do that because you got to keep that audience's attention they don't want to sit through the five minute story for the one or two laughs along the way you give them laughs along the way and they and you build them up to that, you know, to that big story and you create that experience for them. I think that's really, really tough to do in such a short amount of time. And so yeah, I want to inter- introduce my blindness because there's so many blind related, funny stories to tell, like just so many stories. Yeah. Right. And, and so I'm excited for that moment, but right now I'm just focusing on um, just trying to be funny. Right. So I have to ask you a question, Tanner. 
Have any of your friends ever said, why are you wearing pink socks? <laughs> no, no. Don't they, trust. The, don't trust these guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> I get all the time. Why are you wearing one white one, and one black one? Or, uh, you know. No, I think yeah. that was Steve. Right? Wasn't that Steve? Uh, that was yeah, me. it was Steve. That was him. That was Steve. Yeah, yeah, you guys played along though. Yeah, <laughs> we, we made it, which made it better. He, he Ryan actually went home and gave his wife heck for letting him leave the house in pink socks. That's right. Yeah, that was, uh, dude, right, right, right. By, I, I don't know some other. I used to, uh, I'm, I used to be super into like me matching and the way that I looked, and super fresh, super clean. And uh, my, like, you know, I went to the store this one time and. I had these like red and white Nike Air Maxes on one foot and I had Adidas shell toes <laughs> on the other. And I'm like, how, how do you not feel that immediately? Like, just walk, like one huge shoe and this other really light. It's too funny. Just keep walking along going, I got to fix this floor. <laughs> well, I went to the store, right? And I'm getting all this help. No one said nothing to me, right? And it's like, you know, the, I can imagine the conversations like, did you see the bun guy in aisle four? That's Holy right. shit, that guy. Oh my God, say a prayer. Say, go, go look. Take a look. He, he ain't going to see you. Go look <laughs> see? see, there's a lot of gold to be mined, I, I feel like, there for, for, for a comedy career. For sure. Yeah. Dude, go! I I went to an open mic and I saw some guys bomb their butts off, and then I was like, "Some guys did good," and I was like, "I can do this," and that gave me the confidence. And let me tell you something though, like just like right here, right now, when you tell a joke and no one laughs, you know, you just like you gotta like swallow oh, yeah. and just keep going. Yeah, you know, it is it is a, it is exhilarating when everybody laughs. And it is a kick in the nuts when no one does. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No doubt. But I mean, but, and I don't know, this might be a stupid question, but like, do you, do you think that being blind and not being able to see the room and read the room in, say, a conventional way is kind of an advantage because you can, I, I don't know. It, I, I mean, I, I know that, you know, you're picking up on, on laughs and what the audience is doing that way but i don't know i just feel like you don't see people like crossing their arms and just looking unamused if you're bombing like i don't know like that could really be an advantage couldn't it yeah i i mean i love your perspective i think that definitely it can mute like some of the 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 negative components of like a bomb right yeah. you know texting getting up and leaving you know crossing their arms, just talking to other people yeah you know, a part of me wishes that I could engage more with the audience. Like I'll ask questions like round of applause for this or, you know, something, something about that. And, but, um, sometimes I, you know, sometimes I want to pick on the audience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, you know, and my, my pupils are, I have one eye and, uh, that pupils really dilated because of the optic nerve, um, issue similar to Ryan. But, um, you know, so if I just look in a general direction, then like eight people think I'm looking at them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I'm like you awesome. there, the halter top. <laughs> well you could totally make that part of your act though you could just mm -hmm. have somebody feed you a bunch of details about the audience in advance and you could really freak them out oh see this is why you surround yourself with smart people <laughs> and and me like you know a clock is right twice a day <laughs> Well, we've covered a fair bit, but Tanner, what do you do for your day job? Yeah, so uh, day job, I'm head of partnerships at UsableNet. Um, UsableNet is a technology company that um, has been around for 21 years um, and is exclusively focused on digital accessibility. No. So if anybody knows like the uh, those tools like Wave or Axe, those uh, automated scanning tools, um, usable net built one of those first ones back in the early two thousands. And, um, yeah, so I serve as head of partnerships. So I'm on the sales team and, um, 
yeah, that's what I, uh, that's what I do. Man, and so we could probably talk to you for an entire podcast just about that as well. Jeez, uh, you you know what I, you, Tanner? You really need to to do more with your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I was starting to feel a real slacker vibe on this guy, right? Jeez, jeez. <laughs> You're really making me look bad. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. <laughs> Where's your Paralympic sport? Yeah, why are you doing comedy, Ryan? Yeah, because nah, I'm not funny. Oh, Jesus. That's a, I'm going to steal that. Yeah. Really get this slacker vibe from this guy. Come on, Ryan. I want a, uh, I want blind adapted badminton. It's out there. Is it? Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. I guess it could yeah. be. Does it beep? Does the birdie beep? I don't know how they do it. But badminton's a thing man i suck at badminton sighted i can't imagine <laughs> yeah yeah i'm, I'm I heard, there with I heard, they're, I heard they're trying to put uh american football together for blind people and oh, that wow. makes me scared that would be scary well that would be yeah. just as bad as doing like blind rugby can you imagine oh my gosh yeah, <laughs> yeah. well i suppose blind people have every right to injure themselves same as sure. everyone else yeah wow Mm. Yeah, I uh, I've I super enjoyed uh, chatting with you guys. I would I would love to come back and hang out and just chat about anything yeah. that you guys yeah. want to talk about. Yeah, we'd love to have yeah, you it's back. It's been fun, on. Tanner. Yeah, I would love to be, have you back on. We could cer- certainly certain talk about uh, digital accessibility for an hour or two. I'm sure. And before we let you go, is there are you on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube? Can people follow you? Get in touch with you if they want. Yeah. Um, everywhere at Tanner Gears uh, we made it hard so you spell the last name uh, just four letters G-E-R-S and um, so TannerGears.com or at Tanner Gears anywhere you can find me I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at social media <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm probably most active on uh, LinkedIn and uh, Facebook just send me a friend request awesome and are you available for birthday parties or bachelor parties? Um, right, bar mitzvahs. Now, right now, I'm only doing um, bachelorette stripper parties. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. Good, good choice. Got good choice. Policeman or firefighter. Uh, no soccer uh, player? <laughs> no soccer player. <laughs> I wouldn't just, disgrace the game. Crossing, that. crossing the streams. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, uh, in uh, in seriousness, though, too, I I didn't know. Uh, clearly, it was still kind of going. You guys edit this far in. I wanted to say is too is um, um, are you guys have you guys ever heard of foresight augmented reality? No, no, no. Okay, so um, I don't know if um if this would be uh, of value um to your audience. I'm thinking it would be uh, considering the the podcast title, sure. but uh, foresight. Foresight Augmented Reality is a company that I'm involved with. Um, I am helping them with business development. Um, we just got approved for the Department of Transportation's Inclusive Design Challenge for Autonomous Vehicles. Mm-hmm. So um, of 47 uh, companies and universities, uh, we were one of 10 that were selected to go to the, uh, to the next round. We got some funding for that. And what we're doing is we're developing, we're using our existing technology and IP, but we're developing um, uh, solutions to make autonomous vehicles, uh, rideshare autonomous vehicles accessible for people who are blind or visually impaired and for the aging population. Oh, awesome. Uh, so yeah, so if that's, um, so that and what that what else that other com- that company is doing, if, if that's a value to your audience, I would love to talk about that as well. Jeez, yeah. So, well, well, we can definitely have you on again to talk more about that for sure. Because right, there's yeah, three that's episodes. Right in, yeah, that's right in. Our- you realize this guy just came on and pitched us on three episodes. <laughs> yeah, he wants to be in showbiz. He's good, man. <laughs> All he needs now is an agent. <laughs> he could be his own agent. That's true too. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Get into the agent field. I, there you go. <laughs> yeah, what's an agent going to do? He's already got three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah that's cool um yeah if that's yeah i mean that would be really that would be really helpful um i love talking about that stuff i don't know what your guys's uh perspectives are on um an accessibility as it relates digital accessibility as it relates to the physical environment 
Um, oh, that's, but, right. that's um, right in our purview as well. I mean, that's, yeah, that's in our, definitely in our wheelhouse too. So we love it. We yeah. love talking about all manners of accessibility. We're big accessibility geeks. And, and awesome. I, I own Canadian Assistive Technology, one of the distributors up here of Assistive Technology. Are you really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. So are you doing, so you're basically, you do then the training too, right? So you're doing like purchasing distribution and then training. Yeah. I, I make Ryan do the training. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That makes sense. No. Only on the blindness. <laughs> What's that? I said only on the blindness products. Yep. The rest yeah. is all Steve's. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any of the low vision stuff. That's me. Okay. Okay. Cool. Wow. That's um, that's awesome. Uh, how long have you guys been doing that? Oh God, uh, I'm up to thirty-one years, I think. Uh, Ryan, you're what? Started in twenty seventeen? No, no, I started in two thousand at Aroga, so yeah, twenty-one right. years. Twenty-one. There you go. Yeah, and I'm the young oh, puppet. Yeah. I think it's been twenty, maybe nineteen or twenty. Yeah, man. Yeah, I know we're old. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much, sir, and best of luck with everything. And uh, we'll talk again. Thanks, gentlemen. Yep, we'll talk soon. Okay, thanks. Hey, right. Tanner. Take, Take care, care, Tanner. Thanks. Take care. Whew, wow. Well, once again, guys, we have had a guest on that makes us feel terrible about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we have a lot of those. Yeah, we? we need to stop doing that. We although, need to we need although, to be interviewing underachievers. Although Steve is is running again, so maybe it just makes you and I look bad, Rob. Uh, do we know for a fact that he's still running again? Like we heard, <laughs> I, we haven't had the update yet. Steve, are you still running? Uh, well, I injured my foot last week. Uh -huh, so here we go. Uh, I, I've been out for <laughs> I've been out of out of commission for a week. Well, I could barely put weight on my foot for about a. Uh, couple days and uh, i'm just kind of waiting for it to get healed but i am going out for a run tomorrow so all right yeah it's interesting how foot injuries happen right around easter and easter chocolate <laughs> <laughs> and turkey dinners and wine <laughs> yeah i sprained i sprained my ankle getting the turkey out of the oven yeah that's right <laughs> No, the, the week the week before I injured myself, I ran uh, three five k runs. Wow! Holy cow! Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's my goal is to run fifteen uh, k per week. Wow! Well, see, and after talking to Tanner, like honestly, we should all be inspired to to do something, if not anything. I will tell yeah. you guys what: I will walk to the store later and buy a frozen pizza. Wow, that's a great idea. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I was talking to my doctor today about some other health health issues I'm having, and he has pretty much told me now I need to be doing at least 150 minutes of moderate exercise per week. So Whoa. that's that's you know 150 minutes isn't that long, it's, you know two and a half hours and a week. So that's my goal starting tomorrow. Whoa, whoa, hold on now. This is big news. I don't know why we didn't lead with this in the show, but okay, let's talk about, okay, wait, whoa. So I, what are you going to do? I've got a, uh, I don't know what it's called. It's an exercise bike here, but it's, it's horizontal. So you kind of sit on the floor and your pedals are out in front of you. Okay. Oh yeah. So it's got a seat and stuff. So it's an exercise bike with kind of rowing arms attached to it as well. So I'll be pedaling and rowing for the next little while and bop into music down here the guitar dungeon until i you know build that up a little bit and then my wife and i are going to start doing some power walking and just gotta get exercised here's what here's what you do you connect that thing to your tv so that it powers the tv and then <laughs> you then at night when your wife wants to watch all her reality shows like that's the only way that she can watch them is if you're pedaling <laughs> she'll keep you going I'm glad she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> no, I thought that was, that's a win-win for her. It is. <laughs> Hurry up, the bachelor's on. That's right. <laughs> Commercial speed up. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Yeah. Uh, hey, Ryan. Yeah, Rob. Hey, where can people find us? 
they can find me on my exercise bike. <laughs> and I can find Steve probably out pounding the pavement. You are probably playing with your kitty cat. No, I'll be I'll be in the freezer section at my local save on <laughs> getting a frozen pizza. All right. Well, they can also find us online at atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email if they so desire. Hashtag rehabilitate Pepe at <laughs> cowbell at atbanter.com. And uh, <laughs> they can get us on social media. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right ned sorry no not ned i don't know what what was what was the dude this thing by his name what was his name i don't remember what his name was now it's been years since i've watched it yeah, I, me too. all i know is that after after jackie and i watched it i walked around the house going mm, and some fun biscuits and, <laughs> and after, after after about a week she just smacked me she told me that i could never do it again so all right. <laughs> and so what show is this Sling Blade. Sling Blade. It's a movie, yeah, with Billy. Billy, Billy Bob Thornton plays a uh, 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 ex-con who's gotten out of prison and is, goes to stay with a family. All right, I'll have to see if I can find it. It's a classic. He's a little, he's a little strange. Yeah, it's it's good. It's actually yeah. a good. Yeah, it's a good movie. All right. Um, all right. Well, I think that's going to about do it for us this week, guys. Uh, thanks everybody for listening in. Big thanks to Tanner Gears, and uh, we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 